Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. I'm Matthew Fox. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Paul Christopher Hoppy, your other crankier host. <laughs> I'd say that's pretty accurate. Um, today, we're going to be talking about villains. Uh, a couple of months ago, we did a podcast on the topic of villains who might have a point, uh, looking at villains who we could sometimes agree with. And um, we looked at that time at Astra from Supergirl. This time, we're going to be looking at the character of Magneto from X-Men. Um, and I should say from the beginning that... Um, as we often do, we're going to be focusing mostly on uh, the visual, uh, movies and TV shows, and we'll probably be spoiling, I would imagine, every X-Men movie that's been shown, including, um, up to and including the most recent Logan, uh, which is a great movie, um, but I wanted to give kind of a spoiler warning, all of those things are fair game. So, so watch all of the X-Men movies first, and, yes. except some of them are really bad, so don't watch like <laughs> X3, maybe, X-Men United. You know, some of those interior Wolverine movies, not the best. Uh, not the best. Kind of odd, because I think Logan is pretty much the best X-Men movie ever made. Um, but Yeah, the third one of every trilogy is the worst, except for the, the Wolverine trilogy when the third one's the best. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But let, let's start out pretty simple. So, Paul, to you, is Magneto a villain? Well, I guess my answer would be, is an anti-hero a hero? Yeah. And if the answer to that is yes, right, which I'd say most people, yeah, an anti-hero is a hero, right. mostly, kind of, sort of, um, then I'd say Magneto is a villain because he's an anti-villain. Um, okay, you kind of lost me there. <laughs> okay. All right. So a hero is a pretty straightforward idea, right? right. An anti-hero is basically a hero who sometimes uses villainous means or does things that you know, maybe we think are wrong or a lot of people think are wrong generally in order to achieve a hero- heroic goal, yep. which Magneto sort of does, except anti-heroes in general um, tend to be protagonists, mm-hmm. right? Like a Dirty Harry or um, maybe a Dexter or, um, I mean, any number of characters. Basically, most of the heroes in today's fiction <laughs> yeah. say, the, the, basically anti-heroes. The, uh, right? the, the characters in Breaking Bad, exactly, yeah. Right, right. Although Walter White, I'd I'd uh, I'd argue is like you could call him a protagonist villain, right? You know, um, or maybe you could call him an anti-villain. Uh, and so, so when it comes to you know, I mean, your standard villain is just a villain, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're the bad guy that the good guys um, go after and you know beat usually, but not always. Uh, but an anti-villain, I mean, to me, which you know, it's kind of a sort of subjective wishy-washy term that um, mostly I read up about on TV tropes, uh, (laughs) (laughs) which is just a rabbit hole of a website that you can just (laughs) click from link to link. Um, And, but it rings true on a lot of things. But so an anti-villain to me is a villain. Who's, who's a villain? I mean, they're just going around doing villainy stuff, right? Right. Um, But they're certainly the hero of their own story. Yeah. Um, just we're not really watching their story. We're watching someone else's story, so they're the villain. But if you take things from their perspective, I mean, sometimes they're doing things that are villainous in order to achieve what they consider a good goal, and we might agree with them. And so you could say in that regard they're an anti-hero. Um, but they definitely fill the role of a villain in um, whatever whatever we're looking at. So I guess X-Men first class to get into spoilers on that one that's kind of the i'd say the begin that's the beginning of magneto's story 
in the X Men film franchise. Right, and this right? is this is to, to for those folks who are just filling, uh, reminding you. This, this is – it's not the first of the recent X-Men movies, but it's the one that tries to go back to the original days of the X-Men when when Charles Xavier and, and Magneto are together putting together – you know, tr- at first starting to work together. And yeah. that movie is about how they eventually part ways and decide to take two different perspectives to, you know, what to do about the mutant human situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's sort of about um... – I mean, it is about the founding of the X-Men, and it's it's very much about how Xavier becomes Xavier, but it's also very much about how right. uh, Magneto becomes Magneto, or how Eric becomes uh, Eric, Magneto. Eric, I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Um, and I felt like throughout that movie, he had a very, a pretty consistent characterization, and I think that's the movie that I've liked him the best in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was... That's the earliest movie chronologically, right? And right. it's the beginning of, kind of the the second trilogy. If you throw out the Wolverine movies, which <laughs> I guess that first one happened first, but whatever. But um, and then from there they went and did um, X Men, uh, what Days of Future Past, right. where Future Magneto and Future Xavier are like getting on really well because everything's totally the world's just gone to to hell. And they've sent, you know, what they sent Wolverine, but I don't know. So right. some of Let's not get too lost in the details here. Right. But the point is, is that uh, Magneto there really kind of works with Xavier, but he's like, ah, now I'm a villain, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I felt like that um, lost some of the kind of um, the subtlety of the character and the, the fact that, like, I, 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 hmm. I'm just going to go to this question, then we'll get into to that train of thought later. But sure. basically that, yeah, in that movie, he's a villain because the writers just decided he has to be their villain. Yeah. And then in the next movie also, they decided he has to be a villain, you know, so they make make him that. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point to start with is that we're – on the one hand, we're sort of talking about this character as though they were a real person, you know, in terms of like, well, OK, so, you know, is Magneto good or bad the way we might about right. some some political figure today? But of course, the, you know, Magneto is a fictional character being written by numerous different people in numerous yeah. different venues over the years. And, and I think it's easy to kind of get lost in the weeds of, well, what is a real Magneto and what isn't? Um, right. I would certainly agree with you. I think one of the I, – I, I love the Magneto character as well. I think one of the problems that can happen sometimes is exactly what you're talking about where the writers stop saying what would Magneto do in this situation and start saying what would our bad guy do. You know? Right. Um, because totally. I, I think what, where you started from, I completely agree. To me, what makes Magne- – Magneto to me is a character who reminds me an awful lot of um, Kingpin from um, mm. the, the Daredevil TV show. You know, and that, Like yeah, you were saying – both of them are completely convinced that they are the protagonist of their own story. Yeah. And because that they're convinced that they are they are using their powers to help people who desperately need to be helped. Um so so let's talk a little bit more about Magneto specific and I think you're right first class is a great way to start. Um what and and, and we'll get in a bit we can separate a little bit in terms of like his methods from his goals. Um and 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 that's another separation. But let's just start with in terms of where he's coming from in uh, X-Men First Class and that, that idea that he has in a lot of his movies, what, where do you agree with him? Where do you think that he has he has uh, uh, some legitimate points? I mean, his main overriding goal 
is just like righteous. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's his main overriding goal is to prevent the genocide of, of the mutants, right. basically, because he knows. I mean, he grew up in World War Two, I think, Poland, although it's kind of not always clear mm-hmm. um, that. Um, and there's a, a great one of the few graphic novels that I've read with Magneto is um it's like a origin story for him when he's a kid and that whole, you know, trying to escape the Holocaust. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, and you know, horrible of course. Uh, but so, you know, he's seen that he's seen one group of people turn on another group of people and try to destroy them outright. And, you know, those are just humans being horrible to other humans. Yeah. And the, you know, mutants are really, they're a subspecies because they're, they can, you know, mutants and humans, non-mutants, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're all humans, right? Right. Um, but can can have kids, so they're not technically different species. But there's, you know, there, there is actually a, a much more and a, a, a very legitimate fear of mutants mm-hmm. among non-mutants and even among other mutants. I yeah. mean, there, there are mutants who could destroy the world, right? Like, really easily. The yeah, same I, way that we have a very rational fear of, of nuclear weapons. Yeah, you know? we, we've talked on some other episodes about how, you know, people having some of these powers, especially like mind control or things like that, are, you know, pose very significant dangers and very significant threats to people. Um, and I think you're right that there is that there's some there's some legitimacy to those fears, but I think... To me, one of the things that I like so much about some of these portrayals, especially first class, is the way, particularly in, in Magneto, there's a real sort of like, hey, hey, wait a minute, no matter how afraid you are of mutants, how much are, are you letting that fear justify treating people in really inhumane, terrible ways? Um, right. I mean, it's rational to be afraid of, well, okay, I don't actually think it's that rational, but to be afraid of terrorism or to be afraid of... Sure. Um, mass shootings or whatever. There's, there's, while statistically you're very unlikely to actually be in any incident, it, it is reasonable to be afraid of, of getting murdered yeah. because people get murdered, right? So, but it's unreasonable to let that fear, um, lead you to think, eh, well, maybe let's oppress these huge swaths of, of humanity just because, like, then I'll feel a little safer, right? right? Like, that's, that's not reasonable. And so, um, while the fear of mutants and not like, oh, there's a mutant I'm afraid, but a, a broader fear, I think, of, well, some mutant somewhere could use their power in a in a way that um, would, you know, destroy the world or kill tons of people the same way Kim Jong-un could use his power, right. you know, to murder hundreds of thousands or millions of people. Um, and I mean, he, he does, but mostly through starvation and his own people. But, (laughs) you know, but that's the thing is that there are real people who also can cause mass devastation in, in, in our world. Um, and it's reasonable to, to have fear uh, of those people and what they might do. Um, but that doesn't mean that then it's like, Oh, well, Kim Jong-un is Korean. So all Korea, you know, it's like, what, you know, um, and I think one thing that becomes really important here is – and I think this is something that, that Eric Magneto like highlights so well – is that there – yeah, there is some some degree of like these particular powers can be very scary. But then an awful lot of – I think this is very insightful because I think this is true in our world as well. An awful lot of fear is based in difference. You know, yes. we, we, we are – we get – 
used to things that are normal and that are the same. Um, and this is going to sound like a, a crazy connection, but but I think it's very relevant. Like I, I I read a paper when I was in grad school that talked about how you know one of the things that was happening in America was the explosion of chain restaurants. And the, mm. one of the reasons for that was they did a lot of studies and they said that like oh, people yeah. were afraid to go – not like in a like someone's going to attack me, but like ordering something new and different was a, a nervous, scary experience. Um, <laughs> right, right. And that especially as – that, that, that part of it is that people are – you know, it used to be if you lived in the same town all of your life, you know like you know Joe's Diner, you know what's on the menu there because you've lived there all your life. Mm-hmm. But now that as people are moving – to so many different places in the course of their lives you don't have time right. to like find so you want an Applebee's or a Denny's or an Olive Garden or whatever um, uh, you know because it's and, and all of this is to say that I think that there there is something very scary but very very human about the desire for sameness and the fear of things that are different um, right. and, and I think that's as much as we can say yeah there, 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 some of the mutations are dangerous for or kill out people to do dangerous things a lot of this is just about people being afraid of things being different oh absolutely and i mean the another rational reaction to like let's say someone you know like bobby or whatever can make ice you know right. and it's like like yeah you could be like wow that's scary but you could also be like dude that's awesome yeah like you know <laughs> like, I, I, I mean again thinking about just what happens with the movie is like one of the, I think, always the conceits of the X-Men stories, but that, that isn't quite accurate to what I think this would be, is, like, if there were mutations like this, I imagine only a small number of those mutations would actually be things that would be theoretically helpful in combat. You know? Oh, like, right, right, right. Yeah. a lot of them would be things that are like, oh, well, this is interesting, but it doesn't make you at all a fighter in any way. Right. Um, yeah, it's like, well, my skill is to turn trees into tables. I don't know. I mean... Yeah. Like... I mean, which is great, but it's not probably going to come up in the movie very right. much. Right. I'm, I'm going to give Logan uh, our... our um past and future uh guest who uh did uh grab um oh our friend logan not the movie yes go ahead yes yes our friend logan yes um give him a shout out here where he um in his uh photographic novel harlequin song um he had a character who like made clothes or something (laughs) like yeah that was like that was like the power you know it could make clothes and um and that that's not really a combat skill you know and and somebody else who could basically fix technology or do stuff with technology and that can be applied in a combat purpose but like it's just kind of a superpower that's actually pretty useful you know whereas the character he had me playing was like yeah he can fight like (laughs) (laughs) which was fun because i got to like swing on subway things and whatever but like you know, it's like, yeah, if if people have random powers, I mean, if you look at all the random powers people could have, it's like a lot of them aren't going to be applicable to um, to hurting other people, right? That's right. not going to be – they're not going to have a, milita- a direct military application. No, totally. So so let's um, go a little deeper though with Magneto because um, I, th- I, I think you're right. I think when, when the story is about him saying like, look, we as – we as mutants have a, have a right to be sort of protected. Um, I am 100% with him. Um, and there, there are a number of times actually where I think he, he's more right than professor X in some ways. And I, I want to yeah. get more into that in a second, but it does seem like there are some times, and I, I don't know how true this always is to the character, but it certainly comes up sometimes where he's not saying, I want to protect us as mutants. He, 
and that mutants are like just as good as humans and shouldn't be attacked, he's going into we as mutants are more highly evolved than humans, we are better than humans, and we should actually kind of take over. Um, right. Well, and, so there's two... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and I, it seems like the stories are never quite clear on, is that what he actually believes, or is it that he thinks that mutants are only going to be safe if they take over? But but either way, I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff to unpack there, and I kind of want to hear, what, what what's your thoughts when he sort of starts to go in those directions? Right. So there's there's a few things. One, I think his prime directive basically is always the survival of mutants and the safety of mutants. And sometimes it's like mutant kind and sometimes it's mutants individually and as people, you know, and those are two kind of different things. Um, When, you know, when he goes from we need to protect mutants to we need to protect mutants by destroying all the humans because that's the only way mutants will be safe you know yeah that's where i think he goes from being right to being wrong (laughs) like i I don't think destroying all the humans is the answer (laughs) you know and and i think professor x has the right idea in terms of like well there's some middle ground between just like oh if they're gonna kill us i guess they'll kill us Mm -hmm. and like well let's kill them all first um but i think sometimes professor x is maybe a little too um, naive or trusting or whatever in terms of like, well, you know, they'll do the right thing. And, right. you know, I, sometimes, yeah, you do have to go to war for your survival. But um, I don't think you then have to, you know, destroy all of the other people and salt the earth, basically. And right. and that definitely sometimes seems like Magneto's um, where, where he ends up. Um, sometimes in a way that's convincing and sometimes in a, okay, I guess arbitrarily just the writers decide that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, but then I, there's also, th- there's the sup- superiority thing that you're saying, which, you know, it's interesting cause it's like, that's, that's kind of what Hitler was saying, mm-hmm. you know, like, and obviously there's no merit to that argument in the case of the Nazis, but like. There kind of is when it comes to exactly like they are literally like they're superhumans, you know, like literally. Well, and and while some of their mutations might be negatives, mm-hmm. right? Some of them are like huge positives, and like yeah, it. I mean, if it it's hard. It like it comes down to like, well, should the powerful rule, you know, or um. And, like, I don't think that they should, but mm-hmm. I do think that um, it is reasonable for um, – I mean, they certainly shouldn't be subjugated. You know, that doesn't make right. sense. No, and I, I think this is where, like, people often talk about how the whole X-Men, you know, that, that the mutants is, is a is a powerful metaphor for, you know, cultural difference. And that the, the primary one, and I know that – this is often quoted, and some people have now said that it's maybe not quite as accurate. But I think there's still a, a lot of legitimacy to this: is that that in some to some extent the whole thing was meant to be, on some level, um, you know, a stand-in for the the debates about race that were happening in the 50s and 60s, with right. Professor X being Martin Luther King and Magneto being Malcolm X. Um, mm-hmm. And we can go a lot further into that, though. I think, as I said, it, that it's not a perfect metaphor by any means. But but one way I think in which that is an important difference. With, with what Magneto is talking about versus any of the sort of cultural differences that, that we often – that this can be a metaphor for is that you know 
differences like you know race, gender, religion, these things are socially constructed, and the the differences that we have about them are socially you know yeah are are social creations. As you said, like I mean, the fact that one person can can suck the metal out of a s- structure and some person can't. That's not a social construction. Like, no, the, it's and, not. And so I think, it, yeah, we can acknowledge that that's a place where the metaphor breaks down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but even so, I really like the point, and I hadn't thought of this before, but I think you're right. And I, I have to, I hope that this was at least somewhat intentional. I think there's a very good point to the idea that, you know, Magneto is someone who's very much shaped by his experience of the Holocaust, by the horrors he saw there, and the way he saw his people, uh, Jews in Eastern Europe, being treated so horribly. And and while he doesn't always go this far, there are times when he can like he himself can sink into that same kind of idea of my people are the best and therefore should rule and should subjugate everyone else. You know, I think that there is there's a really powerful story there about, you know, the abused person growing up to be an abuser. Yeah, that was, I was I was waiting for you to finish talking so I could say those words. Okay. But, <laughs> I'm glad you just completed the thought yourself. But there you go. yeah, I mean, so clearly I agree with you. I mean, it it is very much like that's sort of the the template that he was presented with, and, right. you know, and and he doesn't always go to those those lengths, but he he definitely does. Sometimes the character is like, well, all right, well, if it's if you're saying it's us or you, then, you know, it's going to be us who survive, you know. Um, and I, I guess to um, uh, the the question of, like, is that, like, really a legitimate fear mm-hmm. of mutants being wiped out by humans? Um, there's, there's a lot of the movies, uh, including the most recent one, where it's like, yeah, that's what some of the humans want to do that's not what sure. all the humans want to do and it's not like it's only the people in power people with military power or whatever who want to do that um but it's enough people and it's enough people who are able to seize power and manipulate the fears of less powerful people um oh yeah to you know to direct their ire at mutants and you know what sometimes in some storylines they kill all the mutants Mm-hmm. Uh, in some story outlines, they build sentinels, and then the sentinels kill them and the mutants. So, right. Well, <laughs> that's I, I, one of I think sort of like, well, I guess it, the joke's on you and us. But. I, I mean, in some ways, I think it goes back to the, the, the same point we were talking about before that every, every side in the in the con, in the X Men in the conflicts around the X Men movies are, on some level, being motivated by fear. You know that it, it's mm-hmm. it's the the people's fear of the mutants and the mutants' fear of other people's fear of them, and I, I mean, it just becomes so cyclical. Um, and, and on all sides, I think you can say that those fears are just like when you were talking before about fears being rational or reasonable, uh, I often think that in some ways that's almost the wrong question. It, it's more like I, I can, un, I don't, on some level, I don't think any fear is ever really rational. Um, um, well, okay, that, that, that's not the wrong. I, I guess <laughs> I mean, if I fall out of an airplane, I'm very rationally afraid of landing. Okay, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, I, I think what you what where you're going is some is whether a fear is understandable or not. Right. I, I mean, I like know, yeah, right? like and, yeah. I mean, like there are situations where if a person has had a particularly terrible experience, mm-hmm. and now like you know finds it difficult to be in situations that remind them of that. I can right. use all the logic in the world to show them that the chance of that thing happening again are incredibly small, mm-hmm. and I can't say that like their fear is rational in that kind of sci- in that way. 
but I couldn't for a moment tell them that I think they're like wrong or bad for being afraid in that situation. You know, I think that is the yeah. absolutely lot. It, it's the understandable emotional response. Um, yeah. And I think that that's what the X-Men stories want it being about is about how, what are we afraid of and why? And then how are we responding to those fears? Right. And then courage isn't, that's not the absence of fear. It's not, well, not being afraid of any of those things. It's, Right. You have fears and then you, you don't let the fear just dictate everything you do. You know, you, you think about the fears and, and you, you confront them. Sometimes you confront them. Sometimes you avoid them. But what, you know, what you don't do, there's an eagle flying right outside. My window. This <laughs> is very weird. I feel like that has to be Gandalf or something. No. Um, all right. Wrong. Uh, anyway. Wrong. Uh, but it's on very target. strange. Stay on target. <laughs> I'm from the city. Okay. Um, but what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, fear, <laughs> the courage. Like, let's say I were afraid of eagles right now. We, we were talking I, about my very reasonable fear that we'd go off on a tangent. <laughs> yes. But the point is that you don't let that fear dictate everything. You right. understand it and, and, and you, you try to um, not – not let it lead you to unreasonable actions, you know, right. where, yeah, the, the fear can be reasonable. It can be understandable, but, um, you know, and, and it's the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, you try, like you don't always succeed, but the times like you really do need to succeed are the times when you failing is going to just, you know, right. Screw everybody else well, basically. And, and I want to get more into that. Cause I think that's the goals versus methods question. Um, but I, I want to, uh, for one second, though, say one more thing about this idea of, like, um, Magneto's view of mutants. Because I think, I, I absolutely think some of the times where I should have, you know, raised an eyebrow and, and say I can't really go with him here is when he's talking about, you know, mutants as better. But right. but I think one one of the times where I most love what he's saying and, and the difference between these two things I'm about to talk about, I think, is one that is a, a great mirror for stuff that happens in our real world is where he's not saying mutants are better, but he's saying mutants are beautiful. Mutants are wonderful in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think <clears throat> here again, I say that intentionally because I think you know uh, to, to draw the political connection. That I think it, it, it is is pretty intentionally made there. You know, um, because it's so easy for people to hear one message and think we're saying something else. You know, to say that yeah, black sure. lives matter means that white lives don't matter. It it doesn't right. necessarily. You know that like or and. In, and here, where again, where Magneto was the parallel to Malcolm X, you know, because so much of Malcolm X's message was black is beautiful mm-hmm. and black is wonderful. And that was taken as an assault on whiteness. And it was never meant that way. Right, right. Um, and I think to me, some of my favorite scenes, and I think this is particularly in first class, but comes up in some of the other movies as well, is where Magneto is dealing with someone, often it's mystique, but but can also be someone else who doesn't want to be a mutant and who wants right. to change themselves and wants to do that. They kind of equivalent of, of passing basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Magneto is really saying like, no, what you are is not any work. You know, there's nothing wrong with what you are. There's something wrong with the world that tells you that you're wrong, but that, that, that that's the problem. You know, the problem is the world that thinks mutants are bad. Being a mutant right. is not bad at all. Um, those, yeah. think, in some ways, are some of my favorite Magneto moments because that's something that Professor X doesn't do. Professor X, you know, he loves mutants, but he doesn't quite mm-hmm. do that like there is, you know, love your mutation and make it wonderful and different. I sort of feel like he does, but like not 
the way Magneto does. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, his whole school is basically devoted to that premise. Right. You know, but he doesn't have... Certainly in the movies, I feel like they haven't given him that. Um, maybe in the first one or two a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, they they haven't really given him that that kind of angle. You I, know? I, I guess it's that exa- what Magneto does that Xavier doesn't do. Is it, Xavier doesn't say there's anything wrong with being a mutant, but he doesn't go that step further of saying, if you feel bad about being a mutant, it's because society is fundamentally wrong for thinking you're bad about being a mutant. Right, right, you right. You know, and that's what, yeah. like, Magneto does have that very, because Professor X, he really is sympathetic to human fear about mutants. Yeah. In a way that I think Magneto isn't. Um, right. And like like we said, that can be problematic, but that there's something really powerful when he's like, "No, I'm not going to be sympathetic to the fact that you that people think you're wrong or bad." You're, mm, yeah, yeah. And there I'm like, "Yeah, like you know, because that that there I'm I'm like, yeah, like the people who are like, well, I'm not ready to deal with transgender people yet. It's like, no, that's not that that's not our problem, you know." Um, yeah, I mean, it is our problem. I mean, it is the problem of. You know it, what I mean? It but, is a society, but, but, but the point being that it, that it, that's not on whatever the group is that's being oppressed. Right, right, right. It's so important to be like that. There is nothing. The fact that people have a problem with you is not in any way something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, totally, absolutely. And I have to say, one of my least favorite superhero, any superpower to anyone kind of tropes is the like, I just want a normal life, like. Mm-hmm. Like, come on! Like, I don't know, like in Heroes, right? Right. Uh, did you watch Heroes? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Claire. She's fucking immortal. Although, spoiler alert, maybe she's not. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the last the last reboot of Heroes, like, I could have done without, really. Um, but, like, I don't know. I'd be kind of psyched, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, sure, like... I, I understand, like, not everybody is going to be happy with themselves, even if it's something that other people would be happy with. But, like, it's like, come on. Like... I, I mean, I, I I hear you there. and th- But this is a topic you and I have discussed a lot. I mean, you know, you are, shall we say, slightly more individualistic than the average person. Um, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And I, I think you are slightly less... Um, you know, you, you are slightly less aware of social pressure to conform than many other people are. Um, I, 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 I would happily say that I am, I am a lot more aware of those kind of pressures. And sure. there are ways in which I am different than other people that I think are wonderful. And that yeah. there are ways in which I often wish that I wasn't different in those ways because mm-hmm. I definitely feel that pressure. And I think when you look at how much um, – you know, and, and I mean, this was just to go back to that same example I used before. You know, Malcolm X often talked. You know, he would talk about like all of the things that um, uh, uh, black people would sometimes do to try to make themselves appear more white. You right, know, right. like in in he, he talks himself hair about like yeah, hair straightening and things yeah. like that. And I think that there, there's kind of an equivalency there of you know that that's why Magneto's message of you being a mutant is so beautiful is important because you're right it, it it can be a kind of played out story trope i'm not arguing with you there but i'm just saying i i, I do unless the writing is bad I, I i don't have a moment where i see that story trope and i think i don't believe this you know i absolutely right, believe right. that there yeah. would be mutants who would um like it, it's in one of the, the worst x-men movies but it, there is a powerful storyline i think of the angel character angel yeah, yeah, yeah literally wanting to cut off his wings because right. he, he doesn't want his father to judge him um yeah. 
you know, I think you know, I you I think know. they've had like three different angels in that one timeline. Yeah, I mean that's problematic, but but <laughs> but the point is still the same. I mean, I think there is like you know, just think about like you know uh, how many people try to deny a part of their identity or a part of themselves because they want to fit in with something. Um, right, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's not that I feel like it should never be a story that ever gets told. Mm-hmm. It's that it's a trope. I feel that's, like that's for sure. Yeah, it's just it's you know the way there's a lot of things that we've discussed where there, there's things that you have like a particular pet peeve where I'm like, well, I don't really mind it as a story, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, it there's too many of it, you know. I can see that. Um, yeah, I did. And I... to me, yeah, it's just one of those ones that I and I actually, you know what, I feel like. Magneto's a really good character to if you're going to do that trope, you know. Yeah. If you're going to use that trope, like, yeah, let's have a character like Magneto being like, "Whoa, hold on," you know. Right. Like, Rogue, you're awesome. You know, you're awesome for who you are. Like, sure, you don't, you can't touch boys without like killing them or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Can't touch any. I mean, like a lack of human touch for your entire life. I think we could call a significant downside. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, is like that those three X Men movies took Rogue from being this awesome, badass, self possessed character to being like, you know, this whiny teenager who's just like, I don't want my power, and it's like, <sighs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I hear you there, and I think here again, this is where we get into the issues of like the ideals that we think the movies are about. And the flawed storytelling that makes right. the issues a lot, you know. So I think that 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 happens. Um, let me move us along a little bit, though, because I want us to talk um, about the idea of goals and methods. And so let's mm-hmm. just talk, let's just talk specifically about goals. And, and I think Magneto, we can't really talk about his goals in a vacuum. You know, his goals are very clearly like opposed to to Xavier's, to Professor X's. So, so in terms of like looking at the two of them, like and the the different visions they have for what should happen with mutants where where do you come down are, are you on team x or team magneto looking I mean, just I'm, at the goals for the moment just at the goals like yeah i'm i'm on team x i mean he's he believes in integration he believes that people who are different can live together peacefully and happily and there will be struggle but that it's worthwhile in the end to try to have everybody be able to be happy together and and magneto's kind of he's like a segregationalist a lot of the time mm-hmm. you know he builds an asteroid for mutants to move to and he has <laughs> a country an island country of genosha for mutants to move to and and he's doing that in response sometimes in response to humans being or you know non-mutant humans i guess um being horrible to mutants and so it's one of those things where I think it can be understandable. Right. But in terms of like, you know, I think Magneto's base goal is is admirable. He wants to protect mutants, right? Um, but then I think he ends up kind of going off the rails not in terms of like, oh, well, he'll kill someone to protect a mutant. Okay, I think I'm fine with that, you uh-huh. know, if, if it's necessary, you know, if right. like like, if... You know, if if somebody's trying to shoot Emma Frost and she's in her diamond mode and then then he like kills them with their own bullet or whatever, it's like, well, you know what, she was gonna be fine. Yeah. Like, you know, like she she can't be harmed there. But like 
um, if somebody's in mortal peril and he's protecting them and he ends up killing some people, like that's I don't think that's the the worst thing um, mm-hmm. or even bad at all. <clears throat> but I do think when he's like, okay, now let's kill all the the non mutant humans, it's like whoa, 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 there, right? You know, well, um, it, it, I, I, that if you think that's the solution, that that sounds like the final solution. You know, that's like I, I mean, quite literally. Uh, and I, I yeah, exactly. It, it's interesting. So I'll admit, I thought you were going to come down. Uh, I, here, I'm a little surprised because I'm probably more on Team Magneto in some ways, and I, I thought we huh. would be the other place. And I, I think, yeah, me too. I think in, in interesting because the, the way you describe it in terms of the integration segregation, like I think I, to me, segregation is a word that that only really works when it's talking about like the group the, the group in power. Um, mm. making the division to me, this is more about the kind of like the desire for separate safe space. Um, right. <clears throat> and there, I, I have trouble being against that, especially because, and, and here, let's do some real spoilers for the movie Logan. Right. Um, granted Logan is only one particular version of the story, but yeah. you know, one of Magneto's constant critiques of, of Xavier is that he's too naive, that he puts right. too much hope in the humans. And like, I have the same hope, but there's a part of me that that sort of, I guess, more and more is becoming more cynical and is starting to think like that that some of that naivete is really problematic. And in the movie Logan, at least, I, I feel like one of the things that happens in Logan is that Magneto winds up being right. Now, Magneto never yeah, – he yeah. never appears in the movie and we never really learn exactly what happened. But one of the things that happens in that movie is they basically say like eventually in part because Professor X like – with his, uh, you know, aging and dementia, he was losing control of his mental powers. Some terrible accidents happened, and not entirely because of that, but that being one of the factors, like humanity really turned on the mutants and has been mostly hunting them down. Um, right. So yeah, I, I kind of look at that. At least in that world, was Magneto right? I mean, there's a few things. One, I think that <laughs> world is ridiculous. Yeah, that's um, I mean, I. I, I I might not say I loved the movie, but I, I there were things I loved about it. Uh-huh. I liked it a lot, and I think it was very good. Yeah. Um, but, like, the idea that the humans could destroy all the mutants, like, I just don't buy it. That's like, funny. sorry. Like, I, I mean, unless the X-Men, like, helped them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just the, the mutants are so much more powerful than the humans, than the non-mutant humans. Like, it's just, come on. Uh-huh. Really, like, and all, it's not like they had sentinels running around all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they used the robots to destroy the. So I, okay, I just put, putting aside the, the reality. Put that aside. Yeah. The the like the plausibility or whatever. Um, you know, in that world, I mean, we don't know what happened or how it went down, but yeah, I mean, Magneto is objectively right that there are some humans who want to destroy all all mutants, right? The, the the same way that if you know if you said there are some people who want to destroy x y or z race in in the real world or religion or whatever like you'd be right there are some people who want to do any one of those things right you know um there are people who want to kill all of the gay people in the world there are people who want to kill all of the black people all of the white people all the men or women like there are people the the question is like are there people in power are there enough people like is it a thing that they could plausibly accomplish or make actual significant headway well, and, and if i remember in the movie logan and and certainly this is true in some of the other stories like i i think we have to be careful 
that the thing Magneto isn't afraid of isn't just the like physical, literal killing of mutants. Right. It's the obliteration of mutant culture, you know, and uh, oh. uh, and so so for example, and then here the equivalency of like you know the people who are not interested in like you know killing all gay people, they just want gay people to not be as see, you know to like go back into the closet, oh, right, you right. know, and like but my understanding in the movie Logan, it's it's more that people who have mutations are now being registered and tracked and basically like getting the kind of um, you know chemical or whatever it is that will reduce their mutations. And that more importantly, no new mutants are being born because of things. And that that's what <clears throat> yeah. makes the creation of these like basically artificially created mutants so much more significant um, is that, that – that, so yeah, I think in that, in that world, we're not talking about the, the literal killing of mutants, but we're talking about the like eradication of mutation. Oh. Uh, I could see that. I mean definitely the no new mutants being born for however long, which – like I guess they what they put something in the water or like how do they yeah again let's not get too into that the how. right but um I did get the impression that they basically hunted down and killed most or all of the mutants but maybe maybe not maybe that's not I don't know mm-hmm. um I I would say that the movie was perhaps intentionally vague on that or perhaps just right. that you know it it, it wasn't. But, but again, it wasn't focused the, on the how. It was like, here's where we are in the world now. Right. Um, my, my question is, like, I guess my, yeah. my question was, in a world where that had happened, does that make right. Magneto more right? And it sounds like what you're kind of saying is, well, you have trouble believing that that would happen, and so you have trouble thinking of Magneto in those terms. Is that that accurate? Yeah. I mean, basically what I'm saying is that I think um, – well, there's a couple things. One, a single outcome – I. This is like the poker player in me, right? Um, but like, I don't think a particular outcome justifies necessarily a certain fear of that outcome. Yeah, no, that's legit. You know, I mean, I think let's say that there was a one in a million chance that something happens, and then that's what happened. Like, if you changed everything in your life to try to prevent that one thing to happen, well, and then it actually ended up happening. That's just kind of funny, but um, but uh, it. Right. You, I don't. I don't think that necessarily justifies changing everything in your life to to prevent. And then if that's the actual outcome, it's like was that the only possible outcome? Like unless you had all of the information, and there's no such thing as as randomness or chance, um, which you don't have all the information, unless maybe you have a mutation that gives you that. I don't know. Um, uh, but if you do, then then if there's no way to alter the outcome, then then none of it matters anyway. Um, so now we're. <laughs> going down that rabbit hole but the, the 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 main point is like you know if if magneto did whatever he did and then the outcome was what he feared that doesn't mean he was necessarily right to fear that outcome no, like I, in I terms of that. it but the, the 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 thing beyond that is that like sometimes that outcome and they do this in the in the some of the animated shows Sometimes that outcome comes about because of Magneto. Right. No, and I think I think you that's know? that in some ways is one of the most, um, you know, um, both insightful and I think in some ways can be problematic um, storyline. Sometimes is is this question of like, you know, to, to, the way that the fear on both sides feeds into each other because you know yeah. pe- people are afraid of mutants and so Magneto is afraid of people what they're going to do with that fear and then now 
the things Magneto does, well, now people are a lot more afraid of mutants. Right. Right, exactly. And, like, you know, on September 10th, 2001, there was Islamophobia in the United States. Yeah. You know, there was xenophobia in the United States. On September 12th, 2001, there was more. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it was... And, or and, whatever was there was exasperated and open and well, and, and so and that actually that, that that's actually a really interesting question that leads me to um that I hadn't thought of before but um I mean in the situation you're talking about like Osama bin Laden and the people who who were behind 9/11 yeah. that was absolutely their intent like they exactly. wa- they wanted people to be more scared of Muslims because then we would do you know and we we they wanted exactly... what we have now right. <clears throat> It, do you th- I, I, I'm having trouble remembering. Is there an extent – I'm trying to remember if there are storylines in which Magneto is explicit in saying he wants to stoke oh. human fear against mutants because he's basically trying to like you know incite in the same kind Start of way. Start a race war basically. Well, right. I mean because he I, – I, I feel like that – I could see that being his one of his goals in part because he wants all mutants to – you know, it's that kind of right. like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he thinks that the only way to win is to win outright is is to exterminate non mutant humans. Well, and so, or well, or at least to to have a war where mutants win. Well, or even if I said it kind of from his perspective, the way he might frame it is when the humans tell when the non mutants say that they are fine with mutants on some level they're lying because right. they're and and then at some level like deep down if pushed hard enough all non non mutant humans will reveal that they hate mutants and I need mutants to see that and so I'm going to push them hard enough mm, to right. get them to show that so that all mutants will realize they should join me and not Xavier because this is a fight. Um, right. Like I, I can see that story happening very easily. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering if that ever was something they kind of explored. I'm pretty sure they did that in some of the animated shows. Uh, the, you know, the animated shows weren't mostly that sophisticated but they they were kind of a little bit sometimes and mm-hmm. um i i think they sort of implied that i i can't remember magneto ever actually like declaring that out in a you know villain monologue or anything right. um but i i could certainly see that being a very uh compelling story you know for him and uh he you know it i I could get that, you know, and um, I, I would like to see that. I mean, I want to see a Magneto solo film. You oh, know? that'd be amazing, right? Um, I, I mean, and I, I think they were talking about it, but it just never, you know. We we, we talked before about how, um, you know, I, I see him a lot, very similar to um, Kingpin from mm-hmm. um, Daredevil, Daredevil. And, and in a lot of ways, I think season one of Netflix's Daredevil is as much the the the. Um, um, you know, it's it, it's a TV show about a hero, Daredevil, but it is just as much a TV show about a villain slash antihero, a villain really. But but it is just as much Kingpin's show as it is Daredevil's. Um, you know, it, and, and in some ways, I would first class is somewhat like that. But yeah, I would love to mm-hmm. see something that that really goes. Really, I just want Netflix to do uh, X Men. <laughs> I think they that'd be do so, an X Men show. I know. They'd I... Be, a, a, a Netflix version of you know Eric and Char- I think that'd be amazing. You know, yeah, yeah, I think that could be great. Because because you do still need. I mean, there's an extent to which I think Xavier and Eric, you know, Professor X and Magneto, 
they're so much foils for each other that I would still want both like I think a, a, a Magneto story that didn't have Professor X in it would, would kind of be missing something a lot um, I think it would I, be different I mean I, I I mostly agree with you but like I could do with a solo film of like you know Magneto just hunting Nazis in Argentina yeah you know, just show me two hours of that. That's I'm good with that. I just I would want X Xavier to be at least a part of that. You know, just an sure. occasional like, come on, you know, just 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 because the way they play against maybe it's just because Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are so good together. Um, you know, I mean, I do there, there's extent to yeah. which, as much as I don't love I think, a lot of the like that first set of X Men movies, I do think that the dynamic between the two of them was just extraordinary and. And I think very well captured the dynamic between those two characters. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like Fastbender's Magnet. I like Fastbender's portrayal of Magneto better. I can um, see that. But I, I mean, I love Ian McKellen, and I, I think he, particularly in how he related to, um, uh, you know, Xavier, I think that was great. Yeah. And, and you may uh, be right. I, I, I do. As you say that, I think you're right. I like Fastbender's a little better. I just think, in, in part. I don't think McAvoy is bad, but but the dynamic between him and McAvoy is just nowhere near as good. Mm, mm-hmm. That makes mm. sense. Yeah, I, I, I felt like in the first movie it, it was, but then it kind of, in the second and third movies of the later trilogy, of, uh-huh. you know, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, they just kind of, they, I don't know. I feel like they just wrote Magneto to the plot instead of the plot to Magneto. Right. That makes sense. Well, and so, yeah, I think that certainly in X-Men, um, th- there's a point, I remember you and I watching Days of Future Past, and we're like, there's a point at which Magneto is just sort of like, nope, I'm going to decide to be the villain now, for, for in ways that just don't make any sense. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and similarly, I, I felt, when, when you were kind of talking about the trope, um, I felt that a little bit in um, X-Men Apocalypse, because I don't remember the exact details, but they, they, there's an extent to which, like, I, I get so much a part of Magneto's story is that he's carrying all this anger and rage and fear and that that drives him. Mm-hmm. But there's an extent to which I sort of feel like sometimes that with a character like that, there's a need to kind of, like, repoke that just to, like, you know, and say, okay, well, something bad happened to remind him of all of that. And so right. now he can be just as pissed off and angry all over again. Yeah. Um, and, and that's my me- – I only saw Apocalypse once, but that's my memory of what happens there is that there's something – like he has a wife and child and like uh, yeah. they wind up getting killed because of anti-mutant things. And so all of a sudden he's – you know, anything that he does is going to be justified. Um, and I think that that's a real mistake because I think one of the things I love about the character is he's not a mustache twirler by any means. He's not yeah. – like you could have a character who says – for legitimate reasons, I hate non-mutants, and so I'm therefore going to go to any and all extremes to destroy non-mutants. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a boring character, but that's an understandable character. That's right. not Magneto. Magneto still no, has a code and beliefs and ideas and very legitimate speci- – I mean he's, he's brilliant, you know? Yeah. And, and I – And I mean I think in that story he has a wife who's not a mutant, yeah. you know? Um, and then his daughter's a mutant and they both die and it was like – it, I just I had a huge problem with that scene. I, I had a friend make a post about how much he liked it. And I was like, what? And I I felt like you could have taken the same thing and had it be a flashback and like it might have kind of worked. 
Uh-huh. But like the way they played it out, it just felt so predictable, partially because like we already knew Magneto was going to be one of the four horsemen, you know? Right. Like that was in the previews. So if we already know that, then, you know, it's like there's no suspense. And that's okay. This is me not going on a rant about previews <laughs> and how they ruin movies. I, I can give the same rant, but yes, we'll hold off on that. Um, let, let's talk for a minute, though, about his methods, because I think, okay. um, you know, I, I think I think we're mostly in agreement, although there are some places where I think I'm a little more sympathetic to some of his goals. Maybe not even his goals, but just to his cynicism. Um, right. And I, and I think that is honestly, that's changed. If you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would have been 100 percent Professor X. Um, hmm. and I, um, but but where in terms of his methods, where do you see his methods as being either either good? Like I I think okay when he wants to blow up all of the city or all the people, you know, like but we're against those methods. But, right, or do something that kills all of the non mutants. Right. Like, where, where, no thanks. <laughs> where 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 have some of his methods made sense to you? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I mean, like pretty much throughout first class, I was like, yeah, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. That's all fine. Um, but then I think he – what, at the end of first class – I'm trying to remember what he did at the end of first class. Like he I think had the – he got everybody to fire at them or something? Yeah, like, I, I think he – I'm trying to remember, but I think at the end of first class, he kind of wanted to let the nuclear war happen. Yeah. So that – like I was with him right up until that. Like – you know, when he, like, killed the other, the old Nazi guy who was the part of the uh, the Hellfire Club or whatever. Right. Like, I was like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. You know, he killed your mom. You know, like, he was a Nazi. Like, go ahead. Have at it. <laughs> I know Xavier's like, no, don't do it, Eric. It's like, you know what? Go ahead. Kill him. I'm fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Take his helmet. But, like, don't start a nuclear war. <laughs> like, just don't do it. Yeah. Like, you know, and like Days of Future Past, like I don't really remember. I think they were trying to stop something from happening. Yeah, like he, I think they, what was it? They were there trying to stop um, Mystique. Right, they're trying to stop from killing Trask or something. Yeah, they're trying to stop Mystique from killing Trask, which is the thing that I mean, it's actually kind of here's the opposite of what we're just saying. It's here. They're basically trying to stop the 9-11 type event, which is going to get all the humans to hate mutants so much that the Sentinels right. happen. But then Magneto goes and does it anyway, yeah. and then Mystique stops it. And that's where I felt like Magneto was just going into another movie. I was like, I can understand a setting where he's – like, especially the way you kind of explained it, you know, mm-hmm. where he kind of wants to like – poke the bear so that the people that who could be on his side see that the bear's a bear kind of thing, right. you know? Like, I, I I thought that was a very interesting explanation. I, I like that idea. I don't feel like they did that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I feel like that part of the movie was just like, why is he doing this now? And and that didn't... Um, uh, and, and, I mean, I, I really don't like that. Basically, any... I don't know. Most methods that are like, yeah, and now we're going to start a war. Like, I'm generally like, whoa, 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 hold on. (laughs) Like, are you sure there's no other better option? And maybe sometimes there aren't, you know? Like, 
Like, just, oh, just give Hitler Poland, it's fine. Like, that, you know, <laughs> like, sometimes it is time to be like, wait, 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 no, 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 okay. It's right. time, it is, sometimes it is time for war, basically, when somebody else is, when it's literally unavoidable, and when, um, when the only alternative to war is to allow whoever would make war with you uh, just be oppressive right. um, and, and murder people, then it's like, okay, well, that's not, that's not peace, mm-hmm. right? That's oppression. Um, and, you know, similarly, like if you look at the news now, I don't know, here's, here's a rare instance of like the whole like North Korea thing. Like, I don't, I don't think it's insane to be like, yeah, we really should consider military options because like there is a crazy person who wants to use nuclear weapons, you know, or maybe he just wants to bristle. I don't know. But like, meanwhile... Suppressing 25 million people. Like, that's the part to me mm-hmm. that, like, people, like, just kind of gloss over, you know? No, I mean, I, 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 I'll admit the North Korea situation, I don't really feel like I know enough about even to comment on, but I, I remember having similar feelings um, after 9 11 about Afghanistan, where, right. you know, all of a sudden there were all these people saying, we've got to bomb Afghanistan, we've got to bomb the Taliban, we've got to bomb the Taliban because of all the things they're doing. And I was, right. I, I was concerned about the whole rush to war. But I remember also I'd been saying for a year we should be doing something militarily about the Taliban because of the right. horrible things they were doing to their own citizens. Well, um, yeah, that's the thing. Well, and and I, I think to, to get it, get us back to our topic a little bit, yeah. I think one of the things that I think Magneto raises as a really hard question is, you know, at, at what point is uh, as a general rule? I mean, I, I'm a big, I generally am a big believer in, you know. You only use force in self-defense. And so right. you, basically what that means is you let the other person throw the first punch. Right. But 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 I think there's a sort of doctrine uh, that I, I generally find kind of terrifying, but I admit there is at least a little bit of potential logic to of the kind of, you know, in a world where the first punch will be lethal. Right. Is the act of self-defense to throw a preemptive first punch? Okay, but what does that mean? You know, and how do you know? Yeah. And I, I think... Magneto would argue that everything he does is self-defense because mm, what he's yeah. saying is they will get to throw the – but that the, the time when the humans decide to throw the first punch of let's round up all the mutants, that by then it's too late. Right. And you know, here it's the like I don't – I think most of the time he's acting more out of fear and so I have, tr- like, I have trouble saying I can support what he's doing. Yeah. But I also can see where he's coming from, because also right. saying like we're just going to wait till the humans truly do something terrible against mutants, is it going to be too late then? You know, uh, like yeah. like you're saying with North Korea, like you know, do we actually just wait until they launch the first missile? Mm-hmm. Till okay. they blow up Seoul, or like yeah, I mean the people of Seoul probably don't like that strategy very much, right? But then um, again, if if anybody attacks them now, they might just blow up Seoul before right. you know. I, I so mean, it's like it is a catch twenty bad, but yeah. <laughs> very accurate very accurate um so so yeah I, I think there's a lot more we could say in any of this but that those were the kind of the main things i wanted to go over in terms of magneto um for you is there any other t- sort of um questions or, or parts of his character you really wanted to dive more into uh no but th- there was one more thing that that you'd brought up um uh, when we were talking about this ahead of time uh just sort of his arrogance and his um his just general certitude that he's right yeah you know, um, I mean, it's very Batman, you know, um, and in, in just in terms of like, you know, there's certain characters that are like 
have a level of self-doubt. Um, I think villains often tend to lack that, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes they have it, you know. Um, but he he definitely doesn't seem to have any doubt of, you know, whether or not the humans will eventually come for the mutants, basically. Right. Like, uh, he seems to see that as an inevitability. And, I mean, you know, it's not directly a real-world scenario, and, and I, I don't know whether there's a way to agree or disagree with him within the setting of of the, you know, the Marvel Universe, within that world of the X-Men. Um, but it's, it's certainly a... Um, I mean, in the real world... In the real world, it's different because we're talking about people who have differences that are real in right. terms of um, culture and real in terms of physical appearance or lifestyle, but that aren't genetic in the way that right. humans and mutants well, have genetic differences in right. the X-Men. Well, but, but I would say but that there is a real – because I, I, you're, you're taking what I was saying before a lot further than I had, I had even thought about it, but I think you're right and I would, I would go back to it. Um, because I think no matter what the, the differences we're being talked about are, I, I think there is real value in a person, whatever their belief system is, particularly if they're saying that their belief system justifies them doing potentially really dangerous, violent things. Mm-hmm. I think a person like that has to be able to have someone challenge their, their belief system you know, and, right. and, and, and be willing to listen to that. And I – I tend to be the most scared of people who don't do that, and I think you're, and, and, and that's, um, I mean, it's a different argument, but to me, that's that's my biggest problem with Captain America and Civil War, is that it just feels like he's not, he does, you know, he has this idea of like I'm right, I know what's right, I'm not listening to anyone else, um, and I know we disagree there, but but yeah, but the, the well, the, the comparison to the, but here is like I, I think you're right, is like, to me. I, I, I am okay with a lot of Magneto's fear and a lot of his cynicism, but you're right. I think the thing that kind of pushes it over the edge is he he is so convinced of those things. He's never willing to say, hey, you know, I, I think I have real reason to be fearful here, but I want some outside perspective to check me. Like, am I right, right. here or am I maybe overreacting? Like, he right, doesn't like, do that, and I think that's a real problem. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think – X Professor X kind of doesn't really do that either. You know, they both yep. they both are leaders of their own sides. And um, uh, I'm going to get back to that Astra thing that we talked about a long time ago, where you were like, "So, would you want Neil deGrasse Tyson to like run the government, basically?" Right. And like, and we kept kind of coming around to that. And I was like, "Well, no, I wouldn't want a person. I don't think there should be a president of the United States with." all the powers that the president of the United States currently has, mm-hmm. um, let alone all the powers of the, that the current president seems to think he has. Um, but that's how, you know, the president has gotten so much power is that the, the president wasn't supposed to have so much power originally, you know, mm-hmm. like when the constitution was written, that wasn't the idea. Although there were some people who were like, Oh, let's just make Washington a King. You know, it's like, well, you know, nice that that didn't happen. Right. But like, <laughs> you know, the, I don't think one person should have that much power. And I think if somebody like Magneto or Xavier does have that much power, because, I mean, they have power, power, right? right? Beyond just influence over other people, they have this raw power. But then they also have influence over large groups of people who also have lots of raw power themselves. Right. And, and, and I, in theory, they're supposed to be like that. 
they are each other's check. You know, they are, in right. theory, the one who is... But but I think, at least in the movies that I've seen, I, I can't ever remember... Like, they're having conversations to win. That like right. Their verbal chat, like, the, the, the metaphor yeah. is very intentional. They're playing verbal chess at the same time they're playing actual chess. Yeah. And there's never <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a moment of, you know, Xavier saying, oh, you know, Magneto, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm being a little too naive, or, right. or vice versa. Um, and I think... Magneto needs that, but you're right, Xavier needs that as well, because he is, in his own way, just as assured of himself, and that's just as scary. Right, and and to me, there's a difference between being assured of yourself because, you know, you think such and such, you know, you think A, B, and C because X, Y, and Z are true, right? right. And thus you've reasoned it out, and you're completely certain in your in your conclusions because you have assumptions that you believe are right. Um, and there are people who, and and then when somebody says, well, Z isn't right, you know, you're wrong in that assumption because, you know, uh, QRLST, I don't know. Um, like, you know, here's some things that disprove this assumption. Now reconsider your conclusions. And if somebody is willing to reconsider their assumptions when presented with new evidence, that to me is, that's true rationality. Right. That's what a rational person should do. And then you reexamine your you, you have to like recalculate your your conclusions once your assumptions have been changed. Right. Mm-hmm. So once once you've had some assumptions disproven. Um, but then there are people who are just like, well, A, B and C, because, you know, I'm right because I'm right. Right. And that's that's useless. You know, it's like maybe you're lucky and you're right. But like you have there's no basis for that. Right. You're not. I, um I mean, we were talking before about, um, uh, you know, how I was sort of pretty anti the Taliban even before nine eleven, and right. and but then when Bush wanted to, I got real nervous again. And I'll admit, a big mm-hmm. part of that was because you know Bush was very plain in saying like I absolutely have no doubt about the fact that I'm right, you know, and I would right. never question that. And like that's that's terrifying. Mm. Yeah, and I mean. Uh, we we do disagree on the whole Captain America thing, um, but I, I I agree with you in this in in the the basic idea that like yeah you need to be willing to re-examine you know and that's what I th- I think Captain America like he should have taken some time to re-examine mm-hmm. you know the the other problem though is that there was no time it was like oh well you, do you want to sign this on Tuesday it's like wait yeah. it's, it's a like 700 page document that's going to like determine what we can or cannot do with our lives like maybe give us a week or a month i, I or, mean that's you know. definitely another time where the writers you know yes. altered the plot I mean, beyond believability in order to create the tension that they wanted instead of telling a more accurate story which is of course. frustrating right uh, but we got to see a cool fight at at the airport, so you know, <laughs> make up for it. <laughs> it was a great fight scene. <laughs> it was yes. it was pretty awesome. I mean, uh-huh. Ant Man for the win, you know. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah. So it, it's you know, when when people are unwilling to reexamine their conclusions because when they're presented with new evidence, like that's. Th- you get to the point where it's like, why are we even having a conversation anymore? Right. You know, why are we even discussing our opinions or our conclusions? Um, but I, I do think if they'd had, you know, if if Captain America has the time to re-examine, okay, why are you, why are you trying to, like, really try to convince me of this? You know, right. 
Like they have a two minute conversation because it's a two hour movie and you're not going to put a two hour conversation in a two hour movie. That's an action film. Right. Mm -hmm. But like how long would that conversation really last a long time? It would be a long argument, you know, or it should be. Um, And, you know, at, at, at the end of it, maybe nobody changes their minds because none of their assumptions have been changed and they're operating from different assumptions. And maybe they're saying, you know, Maybe Xavier says to Magneto, yeah, you know, if I thought that was unavoidable, then I would be on your side doing what you're doing. Right. Maybe we'd discuss the methods a little bit. But, like, yeah, maybe we would say, okay, mutants need their own place to live. Mutants need to, to be um, at war with humans because humans are ultimately going to be at war with, with mutants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think but, that's true. Xavier's saying, no, I reject that assumption, right? My assumption is that humans and mutants can live in peace and harmony, and so I'm going to work towards achieving that end. Now, do either of them have any real basis for their assumptions? I mean, I would say not really. I would say, um, you know, we don't know. We don't know whether or not um, people you know, with with superpowers could peacefully live with people without superpowers. Um, the, I would say, though, that if we look at their histories, both of their points of view make a lot of sense as right. a character. I mean, Xavier grew up in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Like, New York is... that's. I mean, I've always thought that people could live to, with each other and get along with each other. People who are different in basically all the ways that people can be different. Um uh, except, like, I guess everybody's living in a city, but but right. there are a lot of people who are from urban areas but who yeah, live that, in the city. That's a much that's a, you're going to get a much different view of things in growing up in the Holocaust. I mean, I think and right, the, and, exactly. and you're right, I think like that, that's a pretty good counterexample. Like, maybe people can't live together that well. And I think neither one of their experiences is more right or more true than the other, but it also makes sense that they would see things differently. Right, exactly, and the, and the I guess the takeaway there is like. You don't know, right? Like it, you, you can't. I don't think you can know. I mean, maybe, you, maybe you can know. I don't like to say you can't know, but I don't know, um, and I haven't seen a compelling, rational argument for why it is or isn't possible. I mean, I guess like you could study animals and you could look at like cats and humans living together peacefully, yep. dogs and humans <laughs> living together peacefully. You know, like. Um, like if different species can get along, like it seems like people from the same species should be able to get along. You know, there, there are and have been cities that are cosmopolitan and have people from all over the world with different beliefs. And like the, you know, there are higher crime rates in, in cities, but like maybe a lot of that's because people are in proximity to each other, you know? Um, and I'm sure there have been a lot of studies on these things and, I, I doubt anybody's come up with a like, oh yeah, this is definitively the answer the way two plus two equals four. But you know, there I'm sure there's evidence and it's worth considering that evidence. And that's the sort of thing that like Magneto and Xavier should be doing. But like, I don't know. You so know? clearly that's our problem with Magneto. He's he's just not evidence based enough in his conclusions. That, I mean that's my problem. <laughs> yeah, that's about true. Um I think I think we're about ready to wrap up then. Um, any other last things? I think we've kind of that was a, a good last topic to to dive into. Um, but um, uh, thank thank you all for listening. Um, Paul, what what's up? What uh, what else have you been up to these days? Um, just while we have you for one last minute, you've been doing any writing? 
Yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing, um, and I'm about to do a lot more. And um, you could go to my website, zenmadman.com, and then I'll tell you what I'm doing. Because <laughs> I'm not sure. But it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> so Was that incoherent enough? Yeah, okay. if you want to go find writing without any knowledge of the topic or possible ideas in it, go <laughs> ahead and read writing at Zen Man. It has actually – I've read a lot of Paul's stuff. It's great, great, great to follow. Um, zenmadman.com. Of course, for other podcasts like that, for blog, other like this, for other blog posts about similar topics, check out superheroethics.com. That's our website. Um, you can also follow this podcast by subscribing at Superhero Ethics on either iTunes or Stitcher. Um, most importantly, though, um, join us in this conversation. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at that same name, um, Superhero Ethics. What do you think of Magneto? Is he a hero? Is he a villain? Is he an anti-hero or an anti-villain, as, as Paul was talking about? What What are some of the moments where you think um, Magneto really, you know, you were kind of on Team Magneto or Team Xavier? Um, <clears throat> or a different perspective in the, um, the whole X-Men thing. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear your thoughts. We always respond and, and love to get into good conversations. Um, the other thing I would ask folks to do, if you can, is if you like this podcast, leave us a review. Um, I think you can do this on Stitcher. I know definitely on uh, iTunes. If you leave us a review, especially if you give us five stars, four stars, uh, that's the way more people get to listen to this. It goes higher up in people's search functions. More people find this podcast. More people get to join the conversation. Um, and you get to hear more from us um, and, and hopefully more frequently. And Because I know Paul and I would love to do a lot more. Um, we just want to sort of get the word out a little bit more about what we're doing. So – Please tune in. We've got some exciting new podcasts coming down uh, the stretch for you in the next couple of weeks. Uh, thanks for listening, and have a great day. Nothing insightful or witty to say in closing? Oh, was I supposed to say something about how Magneto is the most metal villain of them all? Oh, dear.